Chapter 31 Before I can second-guess myself, I grab the chocolate pudding, turn myself invisible, and slip out the back door of the staff room into the rain. The sound is the ground is soft and slimy, and I think about it. Looks a lot like pudding. I pull the foil lid off the cup, carefully and only slightly, so you couldn't tell that the cup had been opened unless you were really looking hard. Then I dump some of the pudding onto the ground and scoop mud inside. Hominy fed Dad because mud because he spoke too much without thinking, and if Ricky wants a curse, he's going to get one. I hold my hand over the pudding cup and focus all my energy onto it, feeling ridiculous, but also powerful. I am not a weak, quiet girl. I will defend my harmony. I am brave and I believe. I stare at the pudding and think, be nice, Ricky. Think before you speak. And then I add, and get a stomach ache, just for good measure. My heart screams wildly in my ears and I half expect to be caught by Jensen or Joe, but nobody else is around. Nobody except... I look up to see the tiger sitting in front of me, tail dancing in the rain. What are you doing here? I ask, rubbing raindrops from my eyes. What? A tiger can't enjoy the library? It happens to be my favorite place. I stare at her. What do you want? She lifts one shoulder in a shrug. Her stripes ripple like waves. I am merely observing, just as you observe us in zoos. I lower the pudding and let the rain run into my mouth as I say, How many forgot about the pennant and Sam's white streak today? Was she forgetting or remembering? I glare at her, sick of riddles. You must reach the end. And then what? And then Harmony is cured? And then the story stopped being scary? Tell me what happens. She doesn't respond. I'm sick of everyone hiding things from me. I'm sick of people acting like I'm not there I'm in our, or I don't matter or that I can't do anything. The pudding trembles in my hands. I am not an invisible little girl. I am not a QAG. I spin around and walk back towards the library door. I was wrong about you, the tiger says. I stop, but I do not turn around. The back of my neck prickles. It seems you have a tiger side after all. I spin to face her, and she sits, watching me as her tail flicks. For a second, her words almost feel true. I feel fierce and strong. I feel unstoppable, like my teeth could turn to blades, my nails to claws, like I could stand up for myself and nobody could ignore me. But I'm not like her, because she's the villain and I'm the hero. I fix things, whether it's Ricky's rudeness or Harmony's illness. I make things better, and I don't trick people, making them wait for the end while bad things happen. I'm not a monster, I tell her. Leave me alone. She tisks a sharp sound that scrapes against her teeth. As you wish. And then, in a flash, she's gone. I'm alone again, in the rain, with only the pudding cup clutched to my chest. I shake her out of my head and slip back inside, and then lean against the door, heart pounding. I won't let her upset me. I won't second-guess this. I wring out my hair shake the droplets from my green coat and wipe my face with a paper towel and then I take another towel to dry the pudding cup. I smooth out the foil lid. I'm surprised at my handiwork. You can hardly tell I've messed with it. I grab a plastic spoon from one of the drawers and head back to Ricky's group. With the tiger gone and the chocolate mud pudding in hand, I feel much better than before. You're all wet, 
Ricky announced when I give him the cup and spoon. Adam frowns. Are you okay? I just wanted some air, I say. Ricky doesn't hear the tension in my voice. He trusts me. He lifts the spoon, peels back the foil without noticing anything. Too late, I question my decision. Maybe, at least, I shouldn't have added that stomachache part. But I don't stop him. I stand there and watch as he takes a spoonful, lifts it to his lips, and swallows. That moment stretches into infinity. Then he, his nose crinkles. Something's wrong with this pudding, Adam says. Don't eat it if it tastes weird. Wait, Ricky says. And he takes another bite and nods in confirmation. Yes, the pudding is weird. I feel a little dizzy. I need to go, but I can't leave now without it being obvious. I think there's something in it. Ricky takes another bite and shakes his head. Not sure what. Connor grabs it from Ricky's hands and tastes it for himself. Weird, he says. Weird for sure. Adam frowns at the cup. If you think it's weird, don't eat it. The consistency looks off. It could be poop. Ricky's eyes pop. I ate poop? Across the library, I see Jensen look over at us in confusion, and all the boys start talking about the poop all at once. It was just mud, I blurt. They go silent, staring at me. Panicked, I try to go invisible, but they won't stop staring. It was just mud, I say, quieter now. Mud isn't that bad. They blink in shock, and Ricky looks at me with a mixture of fear and awe. You cursed me? He whispers, and I can't deal anymore. I turn and run out of the library, sprinting across the street without looking both ways. The library door slams behind me and I hear Sam calling my name, but I don't look back. I don't stop. I take the steps three at a time as I run up, up, up the witch's house. Chapter 32 When I run into Homney's house, panting, wild, Mom's digging through the kitchen cupboards. Have you seen the rice? She says without turning around. I could have sworn we had a big bag of it, but I can't find it. Needs something to settle Homney's stomach. Sam bursts through the door behind me, panting to her eyes wide. What did you do? Like, seriously, you totally embarrassed me. Embarrassed you? Stop making everything about you. Mom turns around and fixes her red-rimmed eyes on us. I realize that she's been crying. All right, she says, what's going on? Sam and I answer at the same time. I say nothing. and But Sam says, Lily put mud in that kid's pudding. Sam, I hiss at the as the betrayal whips through me. Sisters keep secrets. Sisters keep each other's secrets. Mom waits for more information, but neither of us speaks. Excuse me, Mom says finally. Sam looks at me and bites her lip. Sorry, it just came out, she starts to say, but Mom cuts her off. Lily, what is Sam talking about? What kid? I glare at Sam, wishing she could suck the words back into her chest and cork them there tight. But they're out, and I can't do anything about it. Ricky, I mumble. Mom pauses, her face go pale. Sam, she says, her face, her voice far too soft. Hominy's not feeling well. Why don't you take her some of your nutcrackers. Lily and I need a moment alone. Sam tries to catch my eye, but I won't look at her. She grabs her crackers and disappears into Halmini's room. She leaves me with mom, and mom is furious. It's not like I've seen angry mom before. 
but she's always angry at Sam. I'm not the problem. It's never me. What were you thinking? She asks. What possessed you to do that? I don't answer. Where would I even begin? Nope, nope, never mind. I know exactly where the mud idea came from. And don't think I don't realize, oh my god, how did I fail this badly? I hate how everyone is making this about them. I'm the one who did it, and they're just erasing me. I saw something wrong, so I did something about it. Okay, Lily, but feeding your friend mud was also very wrong. Mom blows out a long stream of air. I know things have been hard, but I've never expected you to act out like that. This sounds like something Sam would do. I want to tell her that maybe her idea of Sam and Lily isn't quite as clear as she thought. The story has always been that Sam acts out and I'm invisible. But maybe Sam doesn't get to claim all the t all the anger in the world. And maybe I don't want to be invisible. Lily, I understand you're upset. But this isn't you. Only it is. I've changed. Maybe the star stories really have changed me. And maybe I've changed myself. Somehow they're both thrilling and terrifying. Mom rubs her hands over her face. Ricky's dad just offered me a job. That's what I was going to tell you this morning. Take a breath. What? His dad, she sighs. We were talking about how I'm looking for work, and he called to offer me an accounting position at Everett Mills. It's just, it was such a relief to get a job, and, well, that's not the point. I feel bad now, but I didn't know. It's not my fault. And Ricky's dad won't fire mom based on something that I did. Regardless, you have to apologize to that boy. You know that, right? California Lily would have nodded and done what she was told, but I don't just follow orders anymore. Nobody tells me what to do, not even tigers. But mom was being mean about Halmony. You didn't hear him. He and his friends call her a witch. They said she was crazy and scary. That was bad. Mud is not that bad. Mom pulls me over the kitchen table to sit with her. Her lips are still white, tight, thin line. Her face and neck are still flushed, but some of the anger drains from her. Oh, listen, Lily, I wasn't there, but I'm sure I know exactly what you, they were saying. I've spent my whole life growing up with that. Halmony is eccentric and strange, and not everybody understands her individuality. I scritch my nails against the table. Eccentric and strange aren't bad things. She sighs. I know that. You know that. But other people aren't always so kind. And it's hard, especially now. But Halmi doesn't need you putting mud in people's pudding for her. She needs you to be there, to focus on her. And when you do something like this, you're spending more energy on the people who don't understand Halmini than on Halmini herself. In the moment, I felt like I was doing the right thing. I was protecting Halmini. But now mom's making me feel like I did something wrong, like somehow doing that hurt Halmini. My stomach twists as if I'd eaten my own mud pudding. Do you ever feel ashamed that she's your mom? I whisper. The words come out quickly. My heart beats hard, almost as hard as it did when I was talking to the tiger, as if asking a question is just as scary as facing a beast. Did you ever get embarrassed by her when you were a kid? Oh, Mom goes soft. Of course I did. I think everyone feels embarrassed by their family sometimes. But the embarrassment was never ever as strong as the pride I felt. 
because she's pretty incredible, isn't she? I nod. And then I remember something else Joe said the first time we met. Joe, the librarian, he said you and Hominy were close. I scratched at the peeling purple paint on the table. What happened? Nothing bad, Lily. We are still close now. Then Mom corrects herself. Because we both know that's a lie. I still love her. She tap, tap, taps her fingers on her knees. Your hominy worked a lot when I was little. When we moved here, she took a lot of odd jobs. She'd find things that people needed help with, and she'd figure out how to do it. And I wanted to help her if it's how we spent time together. I was her little assistant, trailing after her, translating, writing everything in English. Can't imagine Mom following hominy around like that. Can't really imagine her little at all. And I wonder what she used to be like. If she used to be a QAG too. And if she was, I wonder how she changed that. Mom says, Homie made it work in a world that was stacked against her. But she was always so busy. She was a single mom, so she had to be. That was the hardest part, because sometimes she didn't have time for me. I don't understand how Homie could be the only person who feels, who makes me feel seen, but can also make mom feel so forgotten. How is that possible? How could one person do such opposite things at the same time? And then my voice cracks. I'm afraid of what comes next. But mom shakes her head. There's nothing bad, Lily. Nothing magical or interesting. Not like her fairy tales. It's just real life. I grew up. I don't want to be like that when I get older. I don't want to drift apart or away. I pull my legs up and curl my knees into my chest. Lily, my relationship with Harmony never ended. It just changed. I don't want things to change, I say. She looks at me intently, like she needs me to understand. Lily, everything changes. That's normal. But I never stopped loving her. That's why we're here, because I love her so much. We all do. And I know how many episodes are scary, but she loves you too. Those momentary lapses are the illnesses, not her. I think about the mud, and a pit of shame grows in my stomach. I let her down. I did too, Mom says, so quietly that her words are almost lost to the sound of rain. But we're trying our best, and that's what matters. We're all just trying our best. Chapter 33 Mom wants me to apologize, but she gives me time to reflect, so we decide tomorrow. Tonight, think about what you want to say. Tonight, get sleep and rest. Which shouldn't be hard, because by the time night falls, I'm exhausted. Sam is upstairs waiting. She sits cross-legged on her bed, headphones suffocating her ears, and she rips them off as soon as she sees me. I didn't mean to rat you out. I walk past her and flop onto my bed. But you have to admit, she says, that was wild. Why did you do that? I close my eyes. I have to see the tiger later, but for now, my bed is warm and cozy. Lily? Sam insists, leaning forward in her bed. There's something almost panicked in her voice. What's wrong with you? Answer me. I've already said I was sorry. Why won't you answer me? I pretend I am Sam, with headphones jammed against my ears. I pretend I am Sam, staring at a glowing screen, ignoring the world around me. I pretend I am Sam, and I do not answer. If she can't be trusted with secrets, I won't tell her any. I curl up in bed and pull the blankets over my head. Long, long ago, when the tiger walked like man, there were two sisters. Sam exhales sharply. You're really going to give me the silent treatment? 
The two sisters loved each other more than anything, more than rice cakes, more than the earth, more than the stars. You know, she goes on, it's not like mud would actually keep people grounded or anything. There's no magic. Like, really, we have to grow up. We can't keep believing in all of these things. Buried under the covers, I stare at the tiny holes in my quilt. They look like stars, and I make a wish on one of them. I wish that Sam would stop talking. But she doesn't. Sam is on a roll, and she won't stop now, no matter how hard I wish. She says, you think this is all about you. You think you're the only one who's upset. I hate this. I hate it here. I hate that we're watching Harmony forget her life and forget us, and we're watching her die. The words spiral out of her fast. She takes a breath. But whatever. I just want it to end. I want it to be over already. Her words chill the room by 10,000 degrees. My heart stammers, and I push my covers back. Take it back, I say. Knock on wood. Her voice is ragged, broken glass. I don't believe in that stuff anymore. But you have to. How could you say that? She doesn't answer me. She swallows and looks almost doubtful, like she knows she's wrong. But then she shrugs and turns away, disappearing into her blankets. I lie in bed without moving, breathing hard, waiting for what feels like hours until Sam falls asleep. When she's snoring, when the coast is clear... I sneak downstairs to deliver the third star jar to the tiger. Sam might not believe, but I do. I push the basement door open, but when I creak down the stairs, I only I find only an empty room. The tiger isn't there. It's just a dusty basement with a bunch of old boxes, lit by a thin strip of window. Hello? I whisper, but there's nothing. No trace of magic tonight. The tiger said we were running out of time to help Palmini, and now the tiger's gone, and I don't know why, but then I remember. I told the tiger to leave me, leave me alone, and she said, as you wish. Only, I didn't mean completely. Now she's gone, and I don't know how to unwish it.